0: Words matter, and one word in particular is of special interest to fundraisers and all leaders in the nonprofit sector. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. Welcome to the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Pamela Veepking. Pamela sits in the Stead Family Chair of International Philanthropy at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and she is renowned internationally for her work in the Netherlands, in the United States, and across the globe, in philanthropic teaching, research, and application. In fact, uh, her work, The Eight Mechanisms of Charitable Giving with her colleague, Dr. Renee Beckers, truly is one of the classics in our field uh, and is instrumental through many of the courses here at the Fundraising School. And Pamela, thanks so much for coming back with us here on this Fundraising School podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Phil, for having me and for this generous introduction.
0: Uh, Yeah, generous. So this is what we're going to be talking about today, uh, dear colleague. And that is, of course, we are the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And people talk about the philanthropic sector and people having philanthropic behaviors. Uh, And yet you bring an interesting perspective on what the word philanthropy means in a positive sense, but could mean in potentially a negative sense to some folks and there might be a better word for us to use. Help us understand your perspective.
1: Well, first off, I, I do love philanthropy, the word philanthropy and the topic of philanthropy, and I love being at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, but working across the world as the Stats Family Chair in international philanthropy, um, I noticed when I started doing that research that across the world, philanthropy doesn't always have the same connotation for people across the world, but even also in the U.S. Uh, Philanthropy can mean many things to many people and unfortunately often it is associated by big giving by men and that is a very limited perspective on what philanthropy is of course. So that's why I started to explore what other words do people use in the US but also across the world um, to understand when they display behavior that benefits others. And one of the projects that I've been leading is with my students at the Lily Family School. Um, I asked them for one of their assignments to interview someone or two people actually who identify with a culture that is different from their own. So as we have most often American students, they interview so- someone who identifies with a non-American culture and they have interviewed people all over the world mm-hmm. and they ask them, so when you, when you talk about behavior that benefits other people, what is the, the word you use in your language? How do you describe that? And, and oftentimes they come up with words that relate to generosity as a concept.
0: And so if you could unpack that kind of two parts there. First of all, philanthropy. Again, we're, we're proud of working at the School of Philanthropy and philanthropic behaviors. We feel are part of the, the human condition. Uh, can you start first in the United States, though, on how that word might be exclusionary, that there might be people groups who don't see themselves in that term? And then also, can you enlighten us those observations you've had internationally, uh, you know, specific cultures who, again, might not feel included in that term philanthropy?
1: Yeah, so what, what I love is how also our school is trying to redefine philanthropy, to be inclusive uh, of, of all forms of behaviors that benefit other people. But still, I think in the U.S. also, people see philanthropy as something that that is not what they do. They see it. Other people, wealthy people do philanthropy, but I am not a philanthropist. And that's what I love with the Women's Philanthropy Institute campaign from three years ago, I think. They had the campaign with hashtag I'm not a, I am a philanthropist, where they had a, a range of women saying that they are philanthropists and explaining why what they did, volunteering, helping others just in their own community or abroad, all was philanthropy. So that I, I think it, it's great that we can try to redefine the word philanthropy, um, but in a, in a lot of countries that is more difficult because philanthropy doesn't exist as a word in, in yeah. those languages or when it exists, people don't know what it means. Often we find with those interviews uh, and well they typically have really strong positive connotations with the word generosity. Um, and one way to define generosity is the way that the science of generosity project does this and they say Generosity is the virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly. And I love that definition. I think that that is a great one.
0: And so again, with philanthropy, there are folks who could see this as the purview of people who only are wealthy, white, Caucasian, male, maybe dead, right? From back in the day. Um, And therefore, that's not me. It sounds so official and large and formal. And, Pamela, when we think about fundraisers, uh, the word philanthropy might mean I'm only going to a certain group of people for charitable donations and also thinking of charitable donations as the only philanthropic behavior. And there are several, right?
1: Yes, exactly. That was also what what I was thinking when um, comparing terms like fundraisers and philanthropy and generosity and development is that oftentimes I think fundraising and development are very limited to monetary requests of people and um, fundraisers and and the development officers or offices, they organize philanthropy. They make sure there's this infrastructure and they create those connections with with the donors and the organization. But when you talk about generosity or philanthropy in general, this is more about the behavior of people. What what do we all do? Um, and, And that definitely includes a lot of forms of helping other people in your own community, mutual aid, volunteering, uh, just helping people you meet meet on the streets. And that all is part of, of that generosity behaviors.
0: Can you share that definition of generosity again, please?
1: The virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly.
0: Giving good things to others freely and abundantly. So giving good things to others may be a monetary donation, may be through a formal nonprofit, formally organized nonprofit organization, but may not be a dollar amount, a monetary amount, and may not be through a formal organization, correct?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, I have another definition of of generosity that I personally often use in in my work, and that is um, that generosity relates to all forms of behavior that people conduct with intention to benefit others. So it's maybe, a little bit more restricted. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like, as, as an academic, I, li- I like a clear definition that also puts some limits on, on what it means.
0: Well, people who come to the fundraising school know that we are embedded within the Indiana University Lily Family School of Philanthropy. And as academics, we do like our definitions, and all of our courses start with definitions, including some of these words uh, that we're using here today. You know, Pamela, on that first definition, you talked about generosity as a virtue. Uh, Is this something only that we're born with, or is this something that we can teach, that we can be taught, something that we can develop over time? How does generosity fit into, just candidly speaking, the human condition?
1: Uh, This is exactly what my students in uh, comparative civil society in the master course right now are studying. They are studying the evolutionary origins of generosity behavior. Mm. So we're going back to where did it all start? And the literature clearly says that the, it is a human condition. People are inclined to want to help others. And, and when they're put in the conditions that they're able to do so, they will be inclined to do that with exceptions. Of course, there are certain brain disorders that really do, don't help for generosity behaviors, but, but most people do want to do good um, when they are put in the position to be able to do that. But Oftentimes, they need to be reminded or asked, or you need to know that there is a need. Um, and that, I think, is um, is part of, of our culture, or not just our culture, the culture worldwide. And that is also what we do in the course. We, we look at different cultures of generosity behavior, and we, we read folktales from different cultures where The stories are so similar across the world through the ages. There have been always like these folk tales and stories about teaching people to do good. So it's not just something you're born with. You can also be taught to do good. And several of our colleagues at the Lily Family School, including Mark Willem, have studied that. So how as parents, how can you raise uh, more philanthropic or more generous children? And and there are ways to do that. And there, there are lovely resources about that.
0: Especially based on the research that's so fascinating that infants, even before they know words, can exhibit positive moral behaviors and um, demonstrations of fairness and and things like that, Again, even before they can articulate that verbally. Just just a fascinating topic. And Pamela, your point is very well taken, that generosity goes so far beyond formal nonprofit organizations and only charitable giving. But if I could put this in the context of the fundraising school, where people come who are fundraising for charitable gifts for formal nonprofit organizations, what might an understanding and guidance from the word generosity, how can that lead fundraisers? What advice do you have for fundraisers as they think about that word generosity as they identify and work with donors, as opposed to perhaps to philanthropy? And there may be some similarities, but there perhaps are some distinctions. What advice do you have for fundraisers in that regard?
1: Well, I I think generosity Will also resonate more with the donors you are working with as a fundraiser than maybe the word philanthropy. So I think for the the big donors, the wealthy philanthropists, they are used to be called philanthropists, but maybe the donors that don't have the resources to give that million dollars. Um framing them as generous will definitely help your relationship because they are generous. They're giving some, they can give their time to your organization as volunteers or they can. And give actually monetary donations if you're fundraising with them, but maybe not that million, but framing them to be generous will definitely help your relationship, I feel.
0: And based on this teaching and the research from Dr. Pamela Vipking, that is what we teach at the fundraising school, is to look at our donors as being generous, because then it really helps us to remember that all gifts matter, regardless of the financial size, and therefore all donors matter. And somebody who's maybe donating at the so-called base of your donor pyramid—that two-figure or three-figure amount—think of that retired person who's on a fixed income, who's making that two-figure donation. He or she might be the most generous person in your donor database, and it's it's one of the smaller monetary amounts. And so that again helps us be broadly inclusive when we're thinking about our fundraising work. And here at the fundraising school, again, that's an example of what we teach in our public courses, which are uh, coming out in person in more and more cities all the time. Uh, Right now, we're in our headquarters city of Indianapolis. We're in Chicago and Washington DC and recently expanding into Fort Lauderdale, Dallas and Atlanta with more cities on the horizon. Of course, you can always take our courses online in a recorded format or a live format. And then in addition to those public courses, custom training, we will tailor make training just for your nonprofit or your association or your geographic region. Anywhere in the United States, Anywhere across the world. We have quarterly webinars and, of course, these free podcasts, all available on our website at philanthropy.iupy.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our guest today is Dr. Pamela Veepking. Our producers today, Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.